Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen, or you're actually going to decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap, all right, I'm gonna do this now. The wellness breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're gonna live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the wellness guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the country place. 10 acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria, February 17th to 19th. It's each and every single one of you are gonna support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, whole food life that totally rocks. You're listening to Shiny Healthy You, the straight-talking natural health show for busy women with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. Today's guest graduated as a doctor of chiropractic from Canada in 2002 before moving to Australia with his lovely wife, Karen. He is well-versed in numerous gentle chiropractic techniques which he performs on clients of all ages, but he doesn't do that so much anymore. He's a father of two and he totally gets the concept of wellness care for the entire family, including babies, kids, teenagers, adults and the elderly. But today I want to talk to him about some other stuff because... He's a motivational speaker and a trusted health industry business coach. And best of all, he's an awesome podcaster and one third of the team behind the Wellness Couch Podcast Network. That's why we love him. So today we're going to pick his brain about how to make healthy changes that totally stick. Please welcome to Shiny Healthy You, the multi-talented and multi-passionate Mr. Lawrence Tam. Woo! Thank you so much. That was a great and awesome intro. That's probably one of the best uh, I heard so far. I'm going to have to you know, record that and use that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> then you can take me everywhere you go. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for the introduction. Thanks for having me on the show. I really, really appreciate it for being asked and I'm um, looking forward to having this conversation. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting stuck in actually. So first of all, tell me how you became involved in the whole health and wellness industry. What, what's your particular backstory? Uh, you know, nothing interesting, you know, like uh, my mother was a foot uh, reflexologist, um, you know, when I was young during my teenage years. And, uh, you know, I kind of grew up in a household that, that focused a lot of alternative health, uh, medicine type of um, way of thinking. Um, and so I kind of grew up with that slant. And when I went to, I've always wanted to become a doctor, though, there was that, that one part of me kind of said, I want to become a doctor, but I never wanted to go become a medical doctor because of that upbringing from my mother. And so one of the challenges was, you know, how do I find that 
right, you know, fit. And when I when I found out about chiropractic, I was interested in sports, and I thought, oh, you know, this will be a good avenue. And when I got into college, I it was completely different than what I thought. Like the the what I thought of a chiropractor did uh, to what um what what is what it actually does was completely different. And that really took me on a journey uh, to investigate more about. Um, ourselves and, and human beings, but what you know, and also health. But more importantly, what it, what the the thing that attracted me the most was actually the the the, the personal growth stuff because that's uh, what drove me and motivated me to inspired me to, you know, really sort of become where I am now. I don't practice anymore, uh, not because I don't love chiropractic, but I practice mostly because I focus a lot on the podcasting and on the speaking. Because what I want to do is I want to continue to grow as a person. You know, I just uh, got an interview today. On on another podcast was you know one of the things i'm on my journey now is like how do i come become the better version of myself that's the journey that i'm looking forward to and and it doesn't you know the title of the being a doctor or the title of being you know whatever i am what people need me really doesn't matter to me so much anymore like what matters to me is that am i you know becoming that better version of myself every single year and um, you know who knows what that's going to be like and i'm not comparing myself to anybody no expectations of what what that is i just want to just live my life hoping that I can impact as many people as I can. Yeah, and, and I love you, – you're not doing the chiropractic work anymore so much, but you're still a chiropractor, if you know what I mean. Like I, I went to a GP a few years ago who was a really lovely GP in Melbourne, and she asked what I did for a living. And when I said I was a naturopath, she started to write it down. And I went, how come you're writing that down? Because I was a bit sus. And she goes, oh, mm. no, it just tells me that you think differently to other people. Mm. Yeah, and I think that once you're in that health industry as that sort of practitioner, it, it changes the way that you look at the world, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, as hum- we are, there's so many people for so many, you know, like so many practitioners for so many different people. And I don't think there's one way of thinking. There are, is, there's so many ways that, uh, that to get, get to a healthier point in their lives. And I think it's important to find the right practitioners or the right people to follow or inspire or be, you know, have mentors that resonates with you. And, and that's the key is that you don't have to do it. There's no one way to create, you know, quote unquote success, whatever that means right um there's so many ways to to do that the key is to actually find what you want in life and then you know find the people who sort of are similar in that path and then ask for help to get you there yeah and so you moved from chiropractic over to a lot more motivational speaking so you left behind what was uh i believe quite a thriving practice to focus more on on motivating people and inspiring people so what do you like to speak about now and and how do you feel it helps others well, you know, here's the here's the thing. Like, I I did have a great practice in Perth, and I practiced there for in my I had my own practice for about eight years there. One of the things I started about five and a half years ago was uh, the wellness guys. You know, I was you know along with Damien and Brett, we just got together and and we just had this idea that we maybe we can spread this health and wellness idea to, um, you know, to people in Australia. That was the, the plan. And now we kind of went worldwide. The we didn't have we didn't have any expectations of how big it was going to be. We just three guys just started recording and you know this was when podcast was just starting to come out and that really stirred something up inside me that hey we can we actually have a voice and we can actually change a lot of people's lives here and that con that led me to a path of um speaking and 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 just being inspired to going well like you know as a chiropractor as a practitioner you can only really help so many people in your community like it's you know it's one-on-one it's it's there in the location i can't you know i can only physically see so many people whereas the podcast world allowed me to reach 
you know, more people. And that, that inspired me. So I actually branched into also doing some coaching and coaching uh, to helping other chiropractors, you know, really build a better relationship with their patients. Uh, I think a lot of chiropractors are great at what they do. The problem with a lot of practitioners, actually not just chiropractors, a lot of practitioners is that they're great at, they're skillful and they're great at what they do. However, what they're not great at is communicating the message of what, what they do and why they do it. And patients don't get that interaction and they they miss out and they miss out on that skill set. And, you know, practices are just empty. And my, my role was to mentor a lot of practitioners to help them be a better communicator, be a better practitioner, and also be able to help um, and translate the message what's inside their brain and stop being so intellectual and be more communicated to the normal uh, no, normal human being who actually just wants help in you know X, Y, Z. Yeah, and I also love that you just mentioned the Wellness Couch Boys as well because one of the things I noticed at the Wellness Summit last year down in Melbourne was when you guys were up on stage together – it, it was an unlikely kind of bunch of blokes. Like you, you all look different. You all dress differently. You all speak differently. You're not cut from the same cloth, yet somehow it just works. Like tell me about the chemistry and, and the bond that you guys have. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because we are um, – uh, we, I, I met Damien through a speaking gig, really, like we were both speaking on the same stage um, in Perth. And, uh, you know, I just happened to like it. Like I loved his talk. I loved his energy. And I just kind of – just connected with him that way. So we just kind of, you know, sort of slowly became friends that way. Brett and I met through, um, uh, same thing uh, at a different conference and I had dinner and we just started masterminding again. And then I just started to look at, you know, the dynamics, what I needed was someone, you know, uh, super smart, but don't tell Damien that, that who was really, you know, smart in nutrition. And he, he just has that ability to, um, be able to diagnose a problem really, really quickly, uh, which is something that I'm not skillful at in terms of the, from the nutritional point of view, I know enough, but he, you know, he's an expert at that. And so, uh, we started coming together and we actually started to see that there's a, a, a clear delineation of where we are gifted at. You know, one of the things that in wellness is that it's eat, move and think, right? So eating was a, a Damien's thing. And at the time, Brett was, you know, great at exercise and he was focused on the exercise part. Now he did branch off in the paleo stuff, but you know, at the beginning it was exercise and I was really into mindset. So it worked really, really nicely, but you're absolutely right. We're three completely different people. Brett, he wears no shoes, barefoot. He does, wears no shoe. He's a caveman, wears a beard. You you know, he, you know, he, do, he just like, he would love being in the bush, uh, camping for dates where me, like you would never find me there. Like you will <laughs> find me at a five-star luxury hotel. Um, and, uh, you know, four star is probably where I would, you know, that's camping to me. No, I'm just joking, but you, you get the picture, uh, you know, and you know, they, they sort of coined me as the Mr. Perfect because I'm clean cut and, you know, I'm, you know, usually the, the, you know, the one who doesn't smoke and doesn't drink or anything like that. So it's like you know, that type of mentality. And it was just an image in a way and it started off being a funny gag but at the end of it it's just start to shape but yes you're right like i think what we want to do is appeal to as many people as possible and there's no one opinion um that matters more it's that we have three opinion uh, you know we have similar opinions but we also have different opinions and i think it's really important to kind of hear from three different voices that attracts to the right audience and our audience is you know um it's 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 quite different we have had you know teenagers listen to us all the way to you know elderly and it doesn't matter what age or what sex you are you're going to get something from our show and that that was the intention to kind of keep it lighthearted. uh you know they make fun of me all the time because <laughs> i you know i'm terrible at being able to, to have you know to, to to come back at them but you know and people it, it was just a funny thing that they could make fun of me so i'm glad i could be of someone's you know someone's back back end of their humor it's good that you know your place hey <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> 
Now, one of the strengths that you definitely bring to to that table is that you're really good at speaking about getting people outside their perceptions and outside their comfort zones. So let's talk about that. Why is that so important and why is getting outside your comfort zone such a game changer and of so much interest to you? Yeah, it, you know what? It's um, it's because it's my life. Um, I think when we speak about things that the challenges that we're going through in our lives, I think that's uh, the authenticity and the and the honesty that comes through. Um, you know, to say that I have everything figured out is absolutely false. And my 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 goal has always been, you know, if I had to pick one word that defines me, is growth. And I'm constantly growing. I like I travel. I travel the world, you know, speaking, but also I travel the world just to attend things for myself. Like half the travel that I do um, is really for myself. I want to grow, continue to grow um, as, as a person, uh, as a father, as a husband. And the thing is, for me, you know, in order for it to grow. You have to have you have to go through a, um, a place of being uncomfortable. That's the, the 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 challenge of most people is that they want something, they have a goal, but they don't want to go through the process. And the process is where the learning comes. That's where the journey is. It's never the end. It's like we all know that we we've all had like a, a dream of maybe buying a particular car or a house or something special. They've been looking forward to buying, and then when they have the right when it's the right time or the right money, they they actually go and get that thing. And the the challenge is when they actually get it, it's actually not that enjoyable or it's not as enjoyable as you thought it was. What was enjoyable was actually going through the process about picking the right color, picking the right, you know, maybe com- uh, comparison of in terms of pricing, you know, all of those things. Those are the things that actually um, matters the most. And it's the process. And I, I love the process. I love the process of the journey. And for me, it's passionate, right? We talk about passion and thinking that that's all, you know, all fun and gay. Everybody's like, oh, we should just follow your passion and everything that must be, everything that you do has to be happy and fun. And it's not necessarily true. Passion is really come the root word is actually to 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 be in, to be in pain, to go through pain, to get to get to that space that uh, you're you're willing to go through pain for. That's what passion really is about. And when anybody's passionate about you know art or their craft or their skill. It's not always perfect. It's not always happy. They're, they're what they're willing to go through it because they know the outcome is what's going to satisfy them. And that journey and that process of mastery is what I strive for. And in order to get master, get get masterful at anything, you have to get uncomfortable. And I try to place myself as much as possible to be uncomfortable. And I'm not saying that I'm really extreme, like put myself in like these extreme circumstances. But that's not the point. The point, you don't have to put yourself extreme circumstances. The point is that you need to get yourself um, uncomfortable to what your comfort zones are. Everybody has a different comfort zone. Like I know Brett, for example, um, he's scared of heights. So his uncomfortable, like him climbing um, uh, a kid's kid's playground is uncomfortable for him, right? But for someone else, that might be like, that's no problem. So that might not be your challenge, but your challenge is to find what's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's speaking on stage, you know, for someone to speak in front of, you know, 10 people might be a scary thing. Well, that's maybe that's the challenge you have to go through. Whatever that might be, it doesn't matter. The thing is, is that if you can try to challenge yourself to be uncomfortable more often, what ends up happening is you start to realize that you start to discover a better version of yourself, a, a version that you never knew existed because you were you were because you were willing to stretch a little bit more each and every single time. I love that. Love it, love it, love it. Often it's the fear 
that's making us uncomfortable though. So I'd, I'd love to pick your brain around the whole fear thing. Like why is it so important to identify our fears and how do you deal with fear and turn it into something positive? Listen, I think the, the, the reality is that we all have fear. I don't care if you are, you know, Richard Branson or you are uh, a father or you're a mother or anybody. Everybody has some sort of fear, right? Going back to the comparison thing, it's your fear. And once we recognize that the only fear that, you know, our body's designed to, you know, from, uh, you know, you as a naturopath and, and, you know, anybody in the health profession knows that fear, the internal reaction of fear is that, you know, the pumping up of cortisone and the stress hormone and the fight or flight state. That is natural. That's built in our DNA so that we can react to deal with fears of being eaten by a lion or a tiger, right? That fear of being chased and being eaten and death, that's supposed to be there, right? It's inherent in our DA to make sure you avoid danger. That's okay. But majority of the fear that we actually face in human life every single day in today's age, in 2017, is not the fear of eating by like, like, a, lion or like a lion or a tiger, right? Most of it is self-induced. So most of it is that you're fearful of someone laughing at you. You're fearful of what someone thinks of you. You know, I'm guilty of that. I'm still guilty of that to varying degrees. That's not the problem. The, pro the, the How you challenge yourself to deal with it is not to push the fear away, is not to ignore the fear. The fear is there. It's, a, it's a, a proper reaction to say, hey, Lawrence, be careful. There's danger ahead. And your job is to kind of go, okay, there's fear. I can't push it away because the more I push away something, it's going to keep on coming back. It's to actually learn to dance with the fear. It's to embrace the fear. It's to do whatever you're going to want to do anyways despite the fear. Because you know the fear is not going to kill you. You know that that thing, chances are, if I'm not talking about like, you know, doing something stupid here. I'm talking about just, you know, maybe getting up on stage. Like, for example, getting up on stage for a lot of people is very challenging. And it, it there, every time I go on stage, like, you know, we had 900 people at the Wellness Summit last year. And getting in front of that many people, like still there's, a, you know, in my stomach, I still get that that fear response. Right. It's normal. Even though I've spoken to that many people before, there's still still that fear response. And it's a good thing. I actually to me, it's like this is a good thing. This is like leading me to something that I know I should be doing. Now, that fear of me standing there or even the embarrassment of not knowing what to say in front of those people is not going to kill me. Right. And we know that. So it's just learning to dance with the fear and do it anyways. And you'll start to learn something about yourself. Either one, you really don't like it, or two, you might actually love it. You know, that's one of the things I actually loved about being on stage is that I love it. I fell in love with being on stage simply for the fact of the impact I was able to make, the transformation I was able to do. And you get you won't know that until you step out of that comfort zone, step into your fear with the fear there, not trying to push it away because the fear is meant to be there. There's a great book um, by Ryan Holiday called The Obstacles of the Way. And the and it's in the title of the book, right? Go where the obstacles are because the obstacle is the direction of where you should be going to live your life, to live a better life. Ooh, I like that. I like it. That's good. I'm going to go looking for obstacles. <laughs> um, I, I noticed that you said that uh, one of those fears that people have, it's the fear of what someone thinks of you. Now, I know that I, I deal a lot with people who are transitioning to a healthier diet and lifestyle. And with your chiropractic background, you would have seen a lot of this as well. Yeah, absolutely. What are the fears there? Is it around like that fear of changing to a healthier diet or a healthier lifestyle? 
Is it because people are worried what their friends and family are going to say or how they're going to be treated or whether they're going to be judged? Do you, do you think that's one of the stumbling blocks? What are your thoughts? <laughs> um, it, you know what? There's there's a couple of layers in that. And I do think that there is judgment. There is Okay. There's a couple of different fears. There's first, there's the internal fear. The internal fear is this, is that what if I can't do it? What if I failed again? What if I, you know, tried that diet and, you know, do this particular diet or this type of lifestyle and I failed again, I'm going to get the ridicule of myself. I'm going to beat myself up. You know, most people, um, they beat themselves up more than the other people beat them up. Right. That's the, that's the, that's the honest truth. Um, then there's also the external food. Yes, absolutely. There's other people who, who unintentionally, right, unintentionally or intentionally to bring you back down. You know, in, in Australia, we have this tall poppy syndrome. And here's the, here, so pay attention to what I'm just going to say, okay? That I learned this really early on. One of the key things is um, is this, is that, you know, when you go to a, uh, an event or maybe something has happened to you, you go to a transformational event, and one of the biggest fears that people, not big fear, but most people, um, expectation uh, is that they do, they do actually do it alone, right? And they don't have their families or friends. But when they go home, when in the moment for, you know, when they spend two or three or a week away on a retreat somewhere, what happens is that when they go through that transformation, things are fantastic. Things are great because you're with like-minded people and you've gone through this process together, right? Yeah. And you learn something and then you try you know, slightly transform and you start to, you know, like, you know that, Hey, when I go back, you know, these things are going to be different, but there's a, in the back of your mind, there's a little voice saying, when I go back though, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to my old self because I know all my friends, my family, you know, especially significant others are going to, um, they're not going to like this new me. They're going to say, what kind of cult did you join? You know, all that type of, <laughs> you know, mentality, right? Now, when that happens, right, the reason why that happens, let's let's think about the psychological aspect. Um, let's say, let's talk, say it's a wife, okay? Just say a wife goes away for like a week retreat. They, they, they learn all this stuff and all of a sudden they feel a shift in them and then they go home. But the problem is that, you know, their mother might be there or their their husband might be there. And what they, they, they start to worry is that their husband has noticed a shift, Right. And they notice a shift. And what happens so when the friends start to know the shift, the problem with this is that they start to see a shift. And all of a sudden, they start to see like, oh, no, Mary's changed. You know, she's changed. That's not good, right? This is in, 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 unconsciously in their brain. Their friend's brain go, oh, my God. I, we, we all, I've known Mary for like 20 years now. I've known every little trick. I know every little button I could push on her to do the things I want her to do. And because now she's shifted – I don't know what buttons to push anymore. I'm going to have to relearn how to push her buttons or move, get her to do the things I want her to do. She's going to start moving away from me. And so they come from fear themselves. And so rather than supporting you, rather than saying, hey, this is great, what they do is they kind of bring you back down, kind of shift you back to your old self because the old self is what they can manage. They had all the webs and they were able to tangle you and to be able to manipulate you in all those ways. Now, this doesn't happen all the time. I'm just going to give you one particular scenario, right? And so that fear of that friend or their husband or the mother or whoever it is holds you and ties you back to your old self. And this is why a lot of people go back to the old self because it's it's normal. It's what they're used to. And you haven't built enough rituals, haven't been enough, done enough work yet to totally transform. And so we kind of reside back into ourselves. And that's why it's so important to recognize that that's happening and to do things despite of what other people think of you. And that's hard. I know it's easy to me to say that, but I know I have those challenges. I know everybody else will have those challenges and that's okay. But the awareness of that. The key is to having the awareness of knowing that that's happening and being able to mitigate as much of that 
um, from happening as possible is the the true solution of actually moving away from that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I, I see it in my clients so often. Uh, and one of the things I also see is that uh, the people around them, so that, you know, you mentioned like the mom and the friends, they try and drag them backwards uh, because those people aren't ready to make the changes and they're, it's kind of like they don't want that light shined on what they're doing that needs to change. Yeah, because that light will shine on their darkness and they don't want to see that. And I don't think anybody should. I think it's really important to not um, get people, not to should all over people, right? They shouldn't be telling people what they, sh- they, they should be doing. Really focus, I, my, my key suggestion is focus on you. Focus on yourself. You can't try to change anybody. What you can do is change yourself, transform yourself, and let your work and your action be the guide, you know, let people follow you if they want to follow you. If they don't want to, so be it. You know, you may be friends in the future still or may not be friends, but that's, that's you know, we move in and out of people's lives all the time. But at the end of the day, you're going to be surrounded by people who love and support you. That's the people you really want to, in your life. You want people who want to love and support you for the rest of your life, no matter who you are. Those are your true friends. And, and really become who you are. Become the better version of yourself. And friends will drop off, but friend, new friends will come through. And that is, I believe, is, is um, the, the best way forward. Yeah, and when it when it comes to dealing with some of the people around them, I, I was listening to Veggie Head Adele's new podcast just the other day um, called mm-hmm. Easy Green, and she talks through strategies for like spreading you know your message out to people because she's she's vegetarian and um, she lives that lifestyle, and she said you know rather than dragging out your soapbox and getting on it and telling people why they should eat this, um, she said just like open up your lunchbox and offer someone a bit of tempeh, like yeah, here just mm. try it, just try it, you know. What do you think? Do you like it? It's not bad, is it? So it can it can just be as simple as as sharing some of those things. And and if it's a healthier lifestyle, there's always things that you can share with the people around you without having to get up on your soapbox and being all like you should 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 all over them, isn't it? Isn't that the yeah. way? And I think that's the most effective way to to help the people around you. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Now I saw your talk at the Wellness Summit last year. And Mm -hmm. you spoke about being faced with your inner child and that sadness around that that moment when you recognized how much fear had held you back in life. Now, Mm -hmm. do we need to get back in touch with our inner child in order to deal with fear on that level? And how do we embrace our inner child even though we're grown-ups and we're swamped by like boring grown-up responsibilities and pesky little things like consequences? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a great question. And, and it's a question I'm still, you know, tossing up and trying to answer myself. Um, do we need to go back to our childhood? Probably not. But I think a lot of our fears are actually stem from our childhood. Um, and it's not necessarily like one particular event. It may be one particular event. And it's also the, the stories that we told ourselves when we were kids. And the thing, the thing is, when you look back at it, it seems so silly that you thought that way or you had that story around, you know, whatever, you know, issue that you were going through. Yes, it was silly, but you were only 10. You know, you got to admit that you were only 10 years old and you you created the best story you could to survive at that moment in time, given the the, the knowledge that you had at that time. It's not like, you know, a 42 year old looking back at your 10 year old self and going, hey, wait a second, you know, you know, you shouldn't be thinking about that way. And I see that a lot um, when I'm raising my kids. My kids are five and eight at the moment. And 
and I, I got to respect that they are just kids. And also sometimes a lot of time I mean, a lot of times we we as adults expect our kids to be adults or think like adults or they should have known better. I know I catch myself saying that all the time. But we also got to got to pull back sometimes to say we got to remember they're going through a childhood and they're going through they're going to make up whatever stories in their head and it could have been the smallest things and those fears set in at a very young age and that could be the trigger that leads to a life of um, a life of certain fears or around that particular thing. Now I'm not suggesting that kids shouldn't have fear or they shouldn't have all this and I'm not suggesting that at all those fears have brought me you know great challenges however they also got brought me great lessons that I needed I needed to learn for myself I think each of us are on a, on a separate path we're all on a different particular journey some people are on the same similar journeys but we're all in different experiences and there's no right or wrong way of uh, raising a child or you know this is the best way to have done it um, I think it's the important thing is allow us to experience and do we need to go all the way back to remove our fears I don't know. I, I don't have an answer to that, but I do think that a lot of our, our childhood um, fears and the stories that we told ourselves is what holds us back as adults. So I think it's worth digging into looking at why you behave a certain way. If certain, uh, Let's take, for example, if you have a, a particular pattern or circumstances that keeps on happening with you, you know, whether it be in your relationships um, or maybe in your, you know, your health or your outlook on life, if you are constantly thinking something or something keeps on happening to you, then maybe it's a, ref maybe just look back and see where, where could have just asked the question. Like you don't have to, you know, dig in and beat yourself up about it. Just ask the question. It goes, you know, if I had to know where, where would have that come from? Where could have come from? And that might not be the right answer, but it's just reflecting upon it and journaling around it and just to see if there's any insights and there might not be i'm not asking that everybody's here listening to this will get massive insight but unless you question unless you spend the time to look at it um you're never going to know and that's the the thing that i learned about you know myself last year was i get inundated with you know business and life and kids and being a father and a husband you we get so busy about we don't even spend the time to actually think i mean like think and talk to ourselves like the voice that we actually have in our side of our heads, when's the last time you actually spend any time talking to yourself? And have you actually listened to what that voice actually says, says to you each and every single day? Is it, does it say positive things? Does it encourage you? Or does the voice actually beat you down? That That's an important conversation to have because if you don't realize, if you don't have the self-awareness that that is actually happening, then you can't change it. I think number one is just being aware of what's going on, what kind of stories you're telling yourself, how you're living your life. That's all made up. You made it up at some point or someone made it up for you. So decide to have the awareness first and then second, decide on the story that you want to live rather than living a, a story that someone else told you that it should be lived this way. Yeah, and that sitting in that non-judgment when it comes to self-talk is, is such a hard thing. I think we're in the middle of this negative self-talk epidemic really in our culture. Like people are so hard on themselves how does our self-talk need to change? I think that the self-talk, um, you know, the negativity that's happening is for a, for a lot of reasons. I think one of the reasons is that we are very busy. Like we are inundated with information, like left, right and center. Like you, you just got to think back 15, 20 years ago, we didn't have smartphones. Um, we didn't have, you know, when people, you know, contacted us, it was maybe through email. And if you logged on maybe once or twice a day, right? Um, and I mean, 20 years ago, I didn't have a, you know, mobile phone. I didn't, you know, no one could get a hold of me until maybe unless you send me a letter, right? And, um, and now you can get in, I can 
like literally as we were recording, my phone's been beeping with probably four different messages <laughs> and like someone's texted me and I'm not looking at them, but like I can hear the, you know, the vibration of the phone on the, on the desk and these binging noises and stuff. And, and it's like I, they have instant access to me in a way. Right. And, and I think because when we have instant overload of information and we're trying to meet those expect- expectations and demands, it's really, really hard. And so what happens is that we also then have exposure to all the social media's expectation of what we see online. I mean, most of us are on Facebook. When you look at Facebook, I'm not – listen, I, 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 I'm on Facebook in the sense that I promote, that's where I do a lot of my posts. That's where I you know, share a lot of my ideas. So I think Facebook is a fantastic way. However, also the downside of that is that you get to see, you know, hundreds and hundreds of different people that you may or may not even know and what they're doing. And then you go, wow, what a life. I wish I had that life. And then you start to compare your life to the hundreds of people that you may or not even know, but that's the life you want because you're only seeing the highlights. That's the three-minute highlight that they're sharing across the world. That, you know, they might be in Iceland or they might be in China or they might be in America. And then you go, wish you had that. But forgetting about the work that they had to put in to get there, um, the, the process they have to go through, the sacrifices they have to, to put in to actually achieve that one moment in history and time for their life, we forget that part. And sometimes if you if you really seriously ask the question, would you really trade your life for that life? Would you really trade like everything, everything you worked hard for, everything that you built up for your family, everything for that particular person's life? And the answer typically is no. Right? You're not going to trade in your experiences, not the bad ones or the good ones, because that's who you, that's who, you know who all those experiences add up to make you you. And I think that's the most important thing. And so. I sorry, I didn't even remember what the original question was, but <laughs> I hope that you got something out of that. <laughs> I love it. I love a good tangent. It's the best thing ever. It, it sounds like Facebook is like the brochure, and then when you find out what someone's life's really like, that's like the instruction manual that that they give. You know, the four hundred page instruction manual that you get served with later when you looked at mm. the glossy brochure and you went, "Oh, that'd be really nice to have that life," but you don't know what people have gone through to get there. No, exactly. I think the more you know a certain person, like I remember admiring, you know, certain people, uh, you know, whoever it might be like, uh, you know, if I had admirations for, you know, certain mentors or certain speakers or, you know, I'm sure we all have. And when you look at those people and you go, wow, like what a great life. And, you know, tell me the secrets of how do you get, get there, you know? And then when you actually, like, if you actually got a chance to, to go through and, and watch what they, what they had to do to get to that level, you go, oh, like that's a lot of work, right? Uh, or that's a lot of years of sacrifice to actually want to do that. See, most people think of like this is like a one-hit wonder, or not a one-hit wonder. Sorry, um, an overnight success, right? Forgetting that it probably took them twenty years to get there, right? But what they see is like that the instant when they they got that award, or they they changed something, or they created something. It's, it's similar to these podcasts. You know, they people start to get to know the wellness guys. For example, uh, they go, "Oh, well, like you know, can't believe you've done five and a half years." Yeah, well, it's five and a half years of painstaking trying to organize three guys across three states, time zones, trying to record every single week for two hundred and ninety episodes or something. You know, it's it's you, you the sacrifice of family, like three families, three family times. Um, we used to record on Sunday nights at you know eight o'clock and you know late nights and, and away from our wives and away from our kids to do these recording for everybody when we're not even getting paid. We don't even get paid for these podcasts, right? We do it because we love doing it. We love helping people. And when you start to look in the hard work, and you know this because you've been recording and you, you're doing the hard work, you re, you know have to email every single interview interviewee 
E and you have to kind of talk to them, make sure they get everything to you and in the recording and all that aspect, all the work that goes behind the scene. No one sees that. What they see is they listen to this podcast and go, wow, like that's a great job. Right. And that's it. Yeah. And you know, that's why I encourage people, like if you love this podcast, go in iTunes and subscribe, you know, and, and, and make a comment, leave a review. Cause every little comments, review, personal message that you get or Facebook comment, all those things empower um, you, I'm sure, that say, keep going. Like, keep going at this because this is great. This is great information. Please don't stop. Uh, the, those little encouragement keeps has kept us, kept me going anyways, uh, over the last five and a half years doing what I do. And every little bit helps. You know, we all go through our challenges. We all go through times of, of difficulties and, and doubt. And it's like just it's one moment sometimes where someone says something, you changed my life because of this. And you go, wow, like, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I'm going to keep going. Keep fighting. Yeah, I actually have an email folder dedicated to those emails. Just so if I'm having a shit day, I've got something I can open that's just yeah. all all thank you notes. And I'm like, all right, let's keep going. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and and, and that's great. And you can see that in yourself that you don't uh, dwell in in, in, in self pity. And that, that's the thing, you know, if we talk about self pity that we all have it. It's okay to feel that way. The the key is not to be there for a long time you know, uh, and to dwell into all the negativity. Like we talked about negativity before. So it's okay to be negative at times. It's not, I mean, that's just, you know, there's going to be positive and it's going to be negative. You can't be positive all the time because when you're dealing with positive, if you're positive all the time, you deal with a person who's always positive, man, when something bad happens to them, they're going to crash. They're going to come crashing down into reality because reality is that it's both. There has to be positivity and there has to be negativity. There's nothing There's nothing wrong with that. It's been seeing the positive in the negative and seeing the negative in the positive. And and that's a challenge that we all have to face. Um, we, I mean, I deal with this all the time when I was in practice. You know, I could have had an amazing day. So hundreds of clients. I'm like patting myself on the back and I had, you know, create this big ego. Like, oh, I was awesome. I helped save a lot of people's lives today. Come home. And then my wife's like, you didn't do this. You didn't, you know, here, take the kids. You didn't take the trash out. Da, 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 because I know that's going to happen. So after, you know, several years of, you know, learning, I go realize, okay, what I need to do is get out of my ego. Stop beating my, uh, stop like pumping myself up. It's just what it is. Um, People came, I helped them, that's it. Nothing, you know, no big deal. And I go home and guess what? Nothing, like everything goes back to even keel, right? And that's what happens. And then I do that, especially when I'm speaking now, because, you know, oftentimes you speak in front of like, you know, hundreds of people, you get praised and like, that was an awesome speech. And I, you know, I I, I don't brush comments aside, like, I, you know, I think it's important to, to receive, but also too, I don't let it get to me. Like, oh, like I've done this awesome job and built up this big ego because that is where, where my downfall will happen. Because I know once I have this big ego, create this big um, thing about myself like in, in my own brain something will happen in my life to bring me back to earth that you're just a human being yes yeah, and so someone in your household still has to go and buy the toilet paper exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> we're still not at that point where we can just pay a little man to go and do all those things for us are we <laughs> <laughs> not quite <laughs> not quite not yet soon um, I, I love how you talk about how at, at gigs and stuff, like you, you're really good at pumping people up and, and you're, you're good with the podcast as well in, in that you're, you, I, I listen to you and I, I feel all G'd up and ready to go. And I'm like, yeah, let's go and like change everything. And oh my God, everything's going to be so amazing. Now, people walk away from those things, whether it's after listening to a potty or after going to a gig and they kind of lose momentum down the track. So how how can we continue to take consistent action? How do you get people to stay on track? 
Yeah. So think about think about your brain or your mind. Actually, think about your mind as like a garden, right? Uh, no matter what you do, no matter how great um, great information you feel yourself with in terms of podcasts with great information and and positive positive work, there's always going to be weeds, right? There's always going to be weeds that grow, and, and you can't control that. That's just the world we live in. And once in a while, you just got to go in that mind and actually got to pluck out those negativity. And that's one thing. Like you just got to be able to be self aware of that negativity is going to pop up. It's okay. Don't don't you know? Don't stress about them. It's just that that that's uh, is what it is, and then handle it. Number two, I think it's really important to build rituals in your life. I think it's really important to create routines in your life that's going to help you success. I'm not a terrible routine guy, right? I know people think of like I'm a solely highly productive, and you know, some like you know, like I'm a machine and a robot. I'm not. I'm so unproductive. I feel like I'm the biggest procrastinator in the world. Um, and but yet I I am I do I am effective simply because I know that that's my I lean towards that. Um, I'm I'm terrible with um, productivity, so therefore I need to build systems around me to make sure I'm product product pro, I have productivity. So I built routines. Like it might be for me, like I get up really early in the morning to, to work out. Why? Because I don't want to have to think about it. I don't want to have the negativity of saying I can't do this. Um, I don't want to do this. So I like I have a 5:30 routine in the sense. I wake up at 5:01 and then I go to my CrossFit class at 5:30. Now. There's just over the Christmas break, you know, my classes were later later because, you know, they had uh, obviously it was Christmas and didn't have as many classes. And one was at eight o'clock, for example, as the first earliest class. And eight o'clock felt like the longest time. Like from the time I get up, you know, maybe I slept in until six o'clock because my kids would wake me up. And then that two hours was like painstaking for two hours because I'm thinking like, oh, I don't I don't think I should go. Oh, I shouldn't go. And then the wife says, oh, why are you going? And and so there's all these negative like things that these obstacles step put in your way because of that extra time to do it. And so therefore, I just want to get it done. I'm so tired at five o'clock in the morning anyways. I can't think. My brain doesn't even have the activity, the brain power to go, don't do this, right? Um, <laughs> and, and so therefore, you just go into routine. Like if you had your, all your clothes ready, your gym shoes are ready, your clothes are ready, you just go. And then by the time you get down to the car, you start the car. I'm like, well, I'm, that's kind of stupid to turn back right now, right? I'm already down in the car anyways. I might as well continue. And that that's, so building routines, uh, rather than building a big routine, oftentimes people, I think when they come from a, a podcast, they, they take away like the biggest thing. Don't take, don't try to take the big thing, take the small thing. Just do one thing right. The smallest little activity that you know can make the biggest difference in your life. For some of you, might be to wake up early. For some of you, it might be as simple as, you know what, I'm going to start the day by drinking 500 milliliters of water to start the day. You know, maybe squeeze some lemon into it, and that's my routine. That's all I'm going to do for the, the next 30 days. Great. If that's what gets you started on the routine, just doing that one thing would be fantastic. Maybe someone is like, you know what? I always wanted to learn to meditate. Like that's one of the things I wanted to do. I've always wanted to meditate, but I never could do it. So therefore, um, I went to um, – uh, at this event where there's like 150, 150 entrepreneurs. Um, I'm actually speaking with him. Uh, I met this guy. He's His name is Randy Kelly. He's a, a former Navy SEAL sniper. I'm speaking with him in Whoa. Japan. Um, yeah, it was awesome. And he taught us how to meditate, right? <laughs> which is really cool. Um, I'm speaking with him in Japan. Um, I'm leaving tomorrow and speaking with him in Japan uh, to the U.S. military next week. And he taught me, he goes, Forget about the 10-minute meditation or 30-minute meditation. Like, don't try. Don't try to bite off something that you you can't even handle because you know you're not going to fall through. He said, just start off with two minutes, and that just almost gave me permission. It goes, okay, two minutes. Like, no, I can do two minutes. Anyone can do that. Anybody can do two minutes, right? And two minutes is too hard. Then start with sixty seconds. It doesn't matter what you start off with. It's it's more. It doesn't. It's not the time that matters. It's more the action and routine. And once you build that routine, 
in every single day, you know, and you get into that habit, the habit becomes a ritual and that ritual will stick with you. And then once you build one ritual after 30 days, then then build start a second one. And if you do that, say once a month, just say on average, it takes 30 days to, to build a ritual. And, so, and you know, and sometimes it takes 21 days, sometimes it takes 45, whatever. On 30 days, like once once a month is good, you actually can build 12 rituals that can to change your life in in one just in one year. If you continue that, you could continue. So over and over again, that would really sort things out if you just spent the time to do something small. Don't try to be a hero and just do the big things. Do the small things right. And when you do the small things right, then you can actually learn to tackle the big things. I love that. And and you know what three words I just wrote down while you were talking then is planning, preparation, and momentum. So mm. if you do lots of small things, it keeps that momentum happening. If you try and do big things all at once, then the, the momentum hasn't been created. That's right. I mean, th- you got to have a plan. Like if you can't, ha- if you don't have a plan, then, you know, it's, it's useless. And that plan, it, you got to break it down to smaller chunks and that's what creates the momentum. And that's the, that's the beauty of it. Those little chunks matter. And those one little step, I remember Martin Luther King says, you um, forget about the staircase, just take the one step, just take one step at a time. You don't have to worry about, you know, climbing that whole staircase of so the hundred staircase to get to the top. Just take one step, one step forward. And you're one step higher than you were before. And for God's sake, don't look up too often. Just look ahead. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. It's just good to kind of know that you're heading in the right direction. And that's about it. Like yeah. if it's going up, then it's no big deal. Um, like I think that that's what plan is. A plan is more of a to let you know, like this is one of the things I learned was uh, visionary people or successful people have visions. Right. The, the difference between someone who's successful and unsuccessful is the unsuccessful people compare themselves to the vision every single day. And that leads to depression because you're constantly comparing to something you haven't achieved and you'll probably never achieve because the vision is meant to be like a sunrise, a sunset. It's like on the horizon you never reach. Right. The successful people have a vision, but they never compare themselves to the vision. What they compare to some of how, how close are they from yesterday? Are they moving forward or are they moving backwards? And it's OK to move backward once in a while. But are you constantly moving forward as a whole? That's the, what that's what successful people constantly measure is, are they moving forward each and every single day closer to the vision that they, they have for themselves? Boom, Lawrence. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Now, oh, my God, mind blown. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, you have an amazing event coming up, so let's have a quick chat about that before you head on your busy way. Now, tell me about this wellness breakthrough that you boys are doing because that's well, coming up in Feb. Is that right? Yeah, it's coming up really close. And, uh, you know, we got a few spots left. I, we're going to be hosting it just outside of Melbourne. Um, it's about an hour outside of Melbourne. And all the details are at the wellness breakthrough. It's called the wellness breakthrough simply for this. It's three days, uh, two day, two nights. You get to be away with like-minded people. It's going to be the boys, uh, the the wellness guys, Damien, Christoph, um, Brett Hill, myself, and Marcus Pierce. And the, the four of us are really going to take you on a journey. And it really is not about us it's about you know we're your facilitator we guide you through a process we take you through some activities that allow you to really have the time and space for yourself the key is you that you are the most important person in your life and if you don't have this if you can't spend some time to figure you know we'll say figure your shit out right inside your own head the obstacles that you're going through then when are you going to spend some time to be able to do that it's the the answer is never no one ever spends three days by themselves or you know at least through a process to really get to deep down you know deep have a deep dive on themselves and this allows an opportunity but it's facilitated in a guided way to ask you the right questions to reflect upon and but also go to give you through activities to to help you break through some of your challenges and uncomfort uh, you know some of your comfort zones and allows you to find and you know recreate yourself 
yourself, like really want to create a breakthrough enough so that you can actually start to see a shift in your body when you come back. When you start to see those little uh, shifts, it's not a necessary transformation because the transformation has that expectation that you're a completely different person when you come back. I don't. I disagree with that. I think um, you know what you become is not a transformation, but you basically it's not like a light switch. What you didn't you become is more like a dial. You you basically you, something shifted in you and you dial it up each and every single month and you something shifted in a direction and all of a sudden a year later you're going to be a completely different person because you dialed more of who you actually truly are and that's the process that we take you through in the wellness breakthrough it's like you're the same person but with a software upgrade yeah exactly <laughs> exactly you're upgrade see if we're going to have to upgrade our lives every every our software every single year then you know when's the last time and that's a great way to look at it because when's the last time any of us actually had an upgrade right um and and that's the key the world is changing very very quickly and we need to learn to deal with our past and we also need to deal with the present and we also need to prepare for the future Love it, love it, love it, love it. So that's the 17th, 18th and 19th of Feb, I think, three days, two nights in the beautiful outskirts of Melbourne somewhere. Um, Lawrence, thank you so much for joining us. Can you just quickly let people know how they can find you online and, and connect with you? Yeah, I think the best way to, to connect, if you love what you heard today, I think um, go to who, the one. Who Couch. didn't? Who didn't? Yeah. <laughs> well, go to the wellnesscouch.com. This is where all, you know, all the famous podcasters are, right? So. <laughs> The, the one show that I do that I'm really proud of that I do it for love and passion um, it's called Inside the Champions Mind I do it with my wife actually we, we've had a chance I did it with Marcus for quite some time and then I we changed um, co-host Marcus wanted to do his own podcast and so I got my wife on board and you know the two of us have a created different dynamics in the show so if you listen to the past and now you listen to these shows I think that you're going to see quite a bit of a different change and and really we talk about topics of life you know she you know she I'm a husband and father she's a mom and, and, a, and a wife and you got two young kids and we go through the challenges like what, what any of you would go through and we just talk about you know what are some of the ways to help us um, overcome our challenges or, obst- or obstacles and to achieve success, success what it defines through what in our eyes so it's not necessarily like here's a prescription this is what you should do there's no like seven secrets to success here it's just like these are the things that worked for us and what didn't work for us and maybe you can apply it and maybe we'll help you and that's uh, that's probably the best show that you could you know listen to us uh, on and also the wellness guys i mean that's uh that's the the show that's been on for the longest and we talk about health and wellness and uh, along with the boys um if you want to find me i'm on facebook uh, my name is spelled a little bit differently. It's L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E, uh, and last name is spelled T-H-A-M. You can connect me through Facebook. Um, you can message me. If you like this, please comment on the wellness couch and tag me in. And, you know, yeah, just search me online and you'll find me. <laughs> awesome. I'll make sure I put all the links in the show notes too, like a good podcaster that I am. So, Thanks. Lawrence, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing your wisdom. I appreciate how busy you are and I really appreciate what you've shared with us today so yeah thank you so much thank you so much for having me on the show it's been a blast i just love being on podcasts like because uh you know one of the things i get away from these podcasts being interviewed is that um i learn for myself and the, some of the thoughts that i actually have so thanks for you know asking great questions and um allowing me to share you know what thoughts that came to my mind yay it is my pleasure i'll see you later bye lawrence take care Mind-blowing, or should I say mind-expanding stuff from Lawrence Tam right there. What an insightful interview. I hope you loved that chat just as much as I did. Righto, if you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a review. This helps people to find this podcast on iTunes, which would be totally awesome. 
Meanwhile, if you're after some healthy recipes, wellness tips, and a free guide to healing your adrenals, head to julesgalloway.com right now and it's all there waiting for you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope to see you again next week. In the meantime, stay shiny and bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.